Hot dog. I was gonna say hamburgers and hot dogs. Well, they're the two classic sandwiches. Yeah, hot dogs not a, it's not a sandwich, isn't it? It's a taco. But if it's it's a handheld. Mm-hmm. It's a Palm Pilot. We've gotten we've lost the plot already. <laughs> Welcome to LMNOP. We're the podcast about the best show on television. Making it. Making it. What is that? What's with making it about? Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. They mm-hmm. host a show with with the arch and craftsy people. Yeah, and they, I've seen it. They they be making it. Uh huh. They're the local government people. Uh huh. And April Ludgate is there. Mm hmm. And they be making it. It being the government. Mm hmm. Making government. Government. Government it. <laughs> Govern it. Well, anyway, um, that was all the talking we're gonna do about that show because. Yeah. This show... Who cares? This is a podcast about elementary. I care about that. Me too. I care about it a lot. That's why we have a podcast about it. (laughs) That's why we've uh, invested months into this. I've invested months. You're right. You've invested 29 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, plus 29 45-minute episodes. (laughs) Today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 5 of Elementary Ancient History. I'm your host, Val Flight Cub, and unfortunately, I am alive. And I'm your most, Alec, uh, a, a, a proud new member of the Take Your Time mob. It's the opposite of the Russian mob. So you bring people back to life? Uh, no, no, we still kill people. It's not the opposite in every way, just a name. Uh, okay. Well, there you have it, folks. We still KGB killing. I don't think the mob and KGB are one in the same. They are related. A hundred percent. I don't. Yeah, you, you ever see the Russian government and the Russian mob in in the same room at the same time? I didn't think so. Sorry, didn't mean to be Russian to conclusions. <laughs> okay, you only get like four more of those, <laughs> and I'm gonna use them. <laughs> but I'm gonna spread them out. I won't be rushing into it. Three. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Elementary begins, like a lot of other ones, with a dead person. There's a motorcyclist, and he's dead. You get about ten seconds of that, more like three seconds of that, and then we go to Joan, who's with her friend Jen, because their friend Jane was busy. <laughs> and Jan didn't want to come. And Jine doesn't like was, that they gave her that nickname. Was that the guy, though? No. Everyone take your Jine to the guy, no. Could get that appropriate. Gyne checked. Mm-hmm. Your gyne health is very important to your overall health, which is to say your health while you're wearing overalls. Anyway, so <laughs> Joan is looking at a platypus skull, and she's like, "What do you think?" And Jen is like, "It's not your color." <laughs> she's like, "One platypi skulls only come in one color, and two, it's not even for me. It's for Sherlock. He likes these kinds of things." Mm-hmm. And bone color is his color. Mm-hmm. It's his signature color. So this will go great with everything else he wears. Um, 
so Joan is get, getting him this little present to distract him from the fact that nobody's been killed in an interesting way in the past, like... Weeks. Week. Or, it's, yeah. it's been weeks without an interesting murder. What Not weeks without a murder. Just an interesting one. What is a man to do? Well, Jen has a proposal for Joan. She's like, if you guys really need a mystery, um, will you look for somebody for me? You got a, you got a, a missing child? No. Yeah, you got uh, a, a mugger? No. You looking for revenge? No. What do you, what? It's a sexy guy. Oh. She, she has sex with. <laughs> it's this random one night stand she had that she wants to find again. Like a year ago. Uh-huh. And she's like, his name is Tony. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> she's like, all I know is that he's a photojournalist, and I met him that night that we were out and that you bailed early. And he's very muscular, uh, orange with uh, black stripes. No. Uh, Big white pecs. <laughs> frosted flakes. Joan is like, I see that guy every day <laughs> on my cereal box. And she's like, listen. The only reason I'm asking is because you're such a great detective, and I think he might really be the one. Please, Joan, you gotta help me. I haven't stopped thinking about him for a year. This lady needs to get a vibrator. Well, she thought she made a connection. I know the feeling, thinking you've made an emotional connection. She's definitely just made it up in her head. Because mm -hmm. how much could you get from one day of a person? But you never know. They could get married. Good. Anything is possible. Clearly, he wanted to get married because he told her not. He didn't tell her his last name. Mm -hmm. He said, "Hi, I'm Tony. Let's have a lovely evening before I leave for Paris tomorrow morning, and let's not exchange phone numbers." Seems like Jen's really good at reading signs. Mm -hmm. Well, he was going on an assignment for several months. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean. If you were, I don't know, you have to revisit an entirely different headspace for this, but like if you hooked up with someone and they were like, I'm great, but I have to leave, bye. Well, no, because it would be if you said, you're great, but I have to leave, bye. And then a year later, they came back into your life and they were like, hey, what's up? Hmm. I would think that that was creepy, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, and be like... I mean, I guess it's possible that I was like, hey, I wish this could last. I just, you know, I'm a big dumb idiot and I forgot to give you my number. And by the time I realized it, what were we to do? Mm, you're already on the plane at that point. Yeah. What are you going to do? Get off the plane like Rachel and Friends? Right. And Spoilers for the end of Friends. <laughs> and, and sure, I gave you my first name, but the whole night I had to keep calling you mistress. Yeah. So I couldn't find you. It's impossible. <laughs> it's a callback to last week. Callback. Um, Which you can't do with Tony because he didn't give you your number. Oh, <laughs> and he never called in the first place. Um, I actually, so I met somebody, um, this was before I met you. Mm -hmm. This was in college. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't like to hear that you meet people. <laughs> you know other humans. <laughs> yes. Um, I see other people every day. Yeah, well, before They're I met all... you, I lived in a box in a closet with my eyes blindfolded. Yeah, that, make, that makes sense yeah. for the clothing that you wear. 
<laughs> the one clothing I wear. <laughs> I like this cloth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, all your clothes, all your clothes. <laughs> anyway, um, I met somebody at a, my ex, I met at a, like, week before Halloween party. Ah, uh, yes, college. Yeah. <laughs> the week before Halloween parties, the Halloween party, the Halloween weekend party. hmm Yeah. The, man, I still wish it was Halloween party. <laughs> but anyway, I met him at this party, and then he messaged me on Facebook. But I was like, I didn't tell you my full name. Why do you, who, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I literally searched, I, I typed Valerie into the Facebook search bar and that came up. Yeah. Because we had enough mutual friends in common and stuff. And I was yeah, just I, like. College is pretty easy. I was like, mm, I'll allow it. <laughs> well, he wasn't in college at the time though. So. An older man. He was a senior. Mm. Citizen. <laughs> <laughs> And I was a junior Girl Scout. <laughs> um, no, I was not. That's because they're like thirteen. Uh huh. Yeah. So that's not a May December romance. That's a January and then t- two Decembers from now <laughs> romance. But anyway, so Tony the Tony the Tiger journalist. Tony the photojournalist. Tiger. <laughs> Tony the Pulitzer winning photographer. Tiger. Tiger. Never mind. The Pulitz Tiger <laughs> Award winner. It's 12.30 in the morning, in case anyone is wondering what is going on. It's not morning, it's late night. There's 12.30 in the morning and 12.30 in the afternoon. That's Those are the two 12.30s. It's not morning until it's like 2.30 or 3. It's, what, what, how the fuck is 2.30 the morning and not just super late at night, too? Because that's when Animal Crossing Pocket Camp switches over to the next day. Because Nintendo assumes you'll be asleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is very late at night morning. It's late into the after midnight. It's definitely not late morning. No, it's very, very late morning. No, it's not. <laughs> no. Anyway, so Joan takes the case. And she goes to the brownstone, and Sherlock is like, this is like going on a wild goose chase, except you don't even get a delicious goose at the end. And she's like, are you going to help me or not? And he's like, have some professional integrity. This is somewhere between following around philanderers and finding somebody's lost cat. I'm like, well, that's a noble pursuit. Yeah, I would say that 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 is exactly between them, especially if you're looking for Tony the Tiger. (laughs) You're looking for a philandering lost cat. Uh, or not philandering, but, a, you know, yeah, a sex-doing lost cat. You know, I'm just realizing that Tony is pretty flaky. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, okay, so I'm going to do this by myself. Whatever. You're not even doing anything interesting anyway. You've been sitting inside for a week looking at cold cases. And they're so cold, one of them is a penny farthing theft. Penny thar- farthing bicycle theft. You know penny farthing bicycle is? <laughs> Do you know what it is? No. It's the bicycles from, like, Victorian times. <laughs> the later it is, the worse my pronunciation of the word bicycle. <laughs> bicycle. Bicycle. It's one of those bicycles where it's got the really big wheel. In the front. And then uh, the, the one big wheel, one little wheel. One little wheel. 
Yeah. Like one's the size of a penny and one's the size of a farthing, proportionally. Ooh. I just call those big wheel little wheels. Well, now you have another name that you can call them. I forget it. I'm just going to call them big wheel little wheels. Big wheel little wheels. Big wheel little wheel. Mm, we got big wheel. We got one, lip, one big wheel. I had, I had two friends in uh, in in high school, both named Will. Uh huh. We called them Big Will and Little Will. Mm-hmm. They were the same size, but not where it counts. One had a huge willy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I called my two friends who were both named Dave, Big Will and Little Will, <laughs> based on the size of their willies. Of course, and got, based on the size of the willies, more like David and Goliath. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Yeah, we didn't like the we didn't like Big Will as much. <laughs> <laughs> so Sherlock says, "All right, you don't like cold cases. You don't want to solve an arson that could be your grandfather. Fine. When one needs a diamond, one m- sometimes must resort to digging in a diamond mine. So they go to the morgue. The morgue. Jonah's like, this is not a diamond mine. And Sherlock's like, yeah, corpses are cooler than diamonds. Yeah. Every kiss begins with corpse. <laughs> He's like, diamonds are just compressed coal, but bodies all have different stories. And butts. It, no, they're dead bodies. So yeah, they have, yeah. But they do. They have stories. And they do have butts. Yeah, but it's the story. Basically, what he's saying is it might not look like much, but sometimes less is morgue. <laughs> Which is the name of a podcast. I don't know anything about it, but my friend Casper talks about it a lot. So maybe it's good, so go ahead and check it out. Or don't, if it's bad. Well, he's really into um, queer horror podcasts, including the one that he makes, Jar of Rebuke, which I highly recommend. So if you're into that sort of thing, I think Less is Morgue is in a similar vein. But check out Jar of Rebuke first. Yes. Because we know that's good. It's really good. Have you finished listening to it yet? Yeah. Yeah. It's the first season is out. There's about 11 episodes, I think. And then for the next two months, they're doing something cool. They're they're putting out like intermitted episodes that are like still canon, but not like from Jared's point of view, um, who's the main character. Um, And they're like slightly shorter. And season two comes out on April 7th. Hmm. Our anniversary? My birthday. <laughs> and two weeks before our anniversary. Yeah. I knew that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so now we meet a character that comes back um, a lot. I was wondering when he would pop up. This M.E., or Deputy M.E., apparently. You? Me? <laughs> oh, medical examiner. Yes. His name is Eugene Hawes, Dr. Eugene Hawes. And so, so I, I was like, his name's Ugg? You started saying UG. UG, yeah, his name is UGH. Me, Ugg. <laughs> the boots were named after him. Oh, the with boots. the fur? With the fur. <laughs> Whole club was looking at Eugene. <laughs> so he and Sherlock have this ongoing thing where Sherlock, a random civilian, is allowed to come down to the morgue and poke around at all of the bodies, looking for wrongful deaths he may have missed, if they play chess together and Sherlock beats him. And Eugene is like, oh, looking at getting ass kicking? 
And Sherlock's like, there's a first time for everything. So basically their deal is Sherlock comes down and beats him in chess and then gets to look at all the corpses. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, same deal as always, my cash for your corpses. And he puts down a big chunk of cash and it's like, you can just put Monopoly money. It doesn't matter. <laughs> dead presidents for dead pedestrians. Ooh, nice. It goes the way, you know, the way you think it will. And so they're looking at corpses. And Joan says, we're 0 for 19. Can we, like, can we stop? Because I'm hungry. And bad place to be hungry. And Sherlock's like, there's vending machines around the corner. <laughs> but then Sherlock pulls out corpse number 20. And it is a guy named Leo Bannon. And oh, he's got an interesting little eight-pointed star uh, tattoo on him. Sherlock looks at his hand, and he's got these long slits on both of his hands. And he's like, whoa, Leo Bannon, this is interesting. And Jonah's like, he was riding his motorcycle and got hit by a car and hit his head, and that's why he died. Right. It's sad, but not unusual. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have helmet laws. And bumper stickers that say, watch out for motorcycles, they're everywhere. Motorcycles are everywhere. And I'm like, we should stop putting motorcycles on the roofs of buildings. Yeah. And in trees. And in my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> A motorcycle got between me and my wife. It's not important. Um, so Sherlock's like, yeah, he was killed in a motorcycle accident. But Leo Bannon isn't a murder victim. He's a murderer. Murderer. He killed someone the day he died. Oh, dang. Yeah. So now it's time for the intro. That's exactly how it sounds. So now they're talking to the captain at the police station. And the captain is like, you know, if you're hard up for murder cases, we got plenty here. Yeah, this is New York City. People get dead all the time. And Sherlock's like, I looked at your open cases. They're boring. They're boring and easy, and even a bunch of morons like you should be able to figure it out. And Bell, love you, Bell. <laughs> yeah, he says it's Sisyphean drudge work. Whatever that means. They but were- how does he know if he's not if he hasn't solved the cases yet? Because he did solve them, and he was like, oh, that's easy. They'll get it. (laughs) He was like, I don't need to email my work over. No, they'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's better to have the report in Bell's handwriting. Mm -hmm. I like the way he he dots his eyes with little hearts. (laughs) And Captain's like, he's never written anything to me with hearts over his eyes. I think that's just you, Sherlock. But now that they've disregarded the captain and uh, his advice... They're, they're like, well, we found something very interesting because we had Bill run the fingerprints of this corpse, and it turns out he was in the Rukaskaya Bratva. Bratva. Oh, no. The Rukaskaya yeah. the Bratswurst. Yeah. Also, um, I forgot to ask for questions until right before we recorded, and so the only response we got after I said, do you have any questions for us, the episode is about the the Russian bratva, was um, Alex Leafcrunch, thank you, Alex, for sending us this tweet, that just said, uh, bratva, de- bratva these nuts. <laughs> and then she was like, that's all I've got, sorry. Uh, it's funny. It is. It's good. So he was part of the Bratva these nuts. 
So his name was Vitaly Andropov. He had two names? Yeah, Leo Bannon was a fake name. Oh, I meant Vitaly and Dropoff. <laughs> <laughs> and Begale, another callback to... Oh, Abigail and Anne. Be- I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when she was on Eli Stone? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Remember when Eli Stone was on her? <laughs> Eli Stone getting his rocks off. Eli'd on her. Anyway, <laughs> can't argue with that. So this Leo Bannon, so-called, was uh, sprung into existence in 2005. But before that, he was a Warsaw hitman. So just say he has PTSD. <laughs> Just kidding. Warsaw is a place. Right, yeah. In Poland. War came, Warsaw, war conquered. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, he was a hitman in Poland, and he had these two clean marks on his hands, even though he was wearing gloves during the clash, so it wasn't them. So he must have garroted someone. Garroting, of course, being when you strangle them with a, a wire or a, you know, thin of piece course. of cord. Of yeah. course. Everyone knows that. Yeah. You get him right in the garroted artery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why it's called that. Because mm-hmm. you don't want it to be. Right. Garroted. Yeah. And Sherlock says to Captain, this guy's garrot wounds are raw. That He did that today. I mean, the day he was killed. And Captain is like, well, that's cool, except we don't have a body. So you don't actually have a murder case. Unless there's a missing persons, missing persons, <laughs> or a dead body. So you better find one or... Right now you just got a cool story, bro. <laughs> and they're like, yes, that's why we're about to talk to... The wife. The wife. His wife. So they're talking to the wife and they're like, did you know that he used to be a bad man in Poland? And she's like, I knew that he was kind of bad. I didn't ask any questions. And Sherlock's like, did you know that his real name was Vitaly Andropov? And she's like, which one? <laughs> and she says, she says, I knew him as Leo. That was his real name to me. Just like, oh, respecting his new identity. Yeah. She's like, stop dead naming him. Yeah. Stop naming my dead husband. <laughs> And then she says, an hour before the crash, he called to tell me he loved me, which murderers never do. Mm. Murderers never have positive feelings about anyone. Yeah. I also, I don't know if this is brought up yet. The two of them, like, met in church. They, they, you know, he came to America and found God, started a new life. and Turns out God was here. Yeah. The whole time. Oh, here he is. The Mormons were right. (laughs) Yeah. And they were also going to open a senior care center together. So he had gotten a, like, medical administration degree. Yeah, he'd been working as a a nurse in a um, nursing home. And they were going to start up their own little place. Yeah. So the wife is not doing well with the information that her husband was a murderer. She's like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to think of him like that. And Sherlock says, listen... Your husband was a killer in Poland. When the one that you love is revealed to have a dark heart, it's excruciating. And there's a, you know, we see Joan being like, oh, he's speaking from experience. And then he says, I'm speaking from experience. (laughs) So he's like, it'll be helpful to you 
to figure out who it was that he killed. And she's like, sorry, I don't know anything. So they're back to the brownstone to try and figure it out. And we get another of Sherlock's wonderful accents. He says, he's leaving a voicemail and he's like, hi, this is Manny Tarkasian. I'm calling because I need a, to, I need a renovation on my house and I need it to move quickly. And uh, call me back right away. I can text you my contact info. That's basically the voice he does. Yeah, it's almost spot on. <laughs> and Joan is like, who is Manny Tarkasian and why does he have an accent? Why does he have a lisp? Why does he have a lisp? Excuse me, yes. Why does he have a lisp? And Sherlock says, boyhood sledding accident. But let's not get bogged down by the <laughs> backstory. And he is... So Manny had called Travis Hardwick. And Sherlock's like, you want to know how I figured out who Travis Hardwick is? You want to know You want to know who I'm, why I'm calling him? And Joan's like, you're going to tell me. Yeah. So I don't have to ask. So Sherlock, when they were at the wife's house, when they were at the guy the victim's house um stole all the cards from all of the floral arrangements that had been sent (laughs) to the wife in condolence and he was looking for who didn't send a card Hmm. because maybe they were too busy being dead oh that yeah that makes sense i thought he was looking for the person that didn't send the card because because he didn't the person didn't care about tony being dead not tony uh (laughs) Leo. Leo being dead because he killed him. And he was like, I don't need to send you flowers. Yeah. I sent you to your grave. I gave you the gift of death. <laughs> yeah, no, he's looking for... Um, I thought that too, but I think he's looking for the, the, the victim. Yeah, I think I think I kept forgetting through the uh, throughout the episode that Leo had killed somebody. And that's what they were and, really looking for, yeah. Yeah, and I was, I was more focused on who killed Leo. Mm-hmm. Even though we know it was an accident killed him. Yeah, but I was waiting for something else. Like maybe his motorcycle... Came to life. <gasps> pristine style. Ooh, or it's an Autobahn. I mean... <laughs> an Autobot? Yeah. A Transformer? It would be a, yeah, but if it was evil, it would be a Decepticon. Decepticon. Why'd they name themselves that? <laughs> yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think John Cena actually says that in the... Like the latest Transformers movie. He's like, wait, they call themselves the Decepticons and everyone was just okay with that? (laughs) Nobody was suspicious of that. The Decepticons are looking at each other like, are we the baddies? (laughs) This word means something else on our planet. (laughs) Deception is cool where we are from. (laughs) So of all of the people, all of the partners for the senior care center... Um, that they're developing, you know, the only person that's, that didn't send a card from their list of investors is this guy, Travis Hardwick. And he has been very hard to reach. And Sherlock is like, so he's either, you know, very unavailable or very dead. And Joan's like, well, it's 11 o'clock at night. So maybe he's asleep. (laughs) Maybe he's just a normal person not recording a podcast not answering his phone at 11 p.m mm-hmm. his business phone if i got a business call at 11 p.m fuck no am i on call 24 7 i don't think so i kind of am but um i wouldn't like it if i got a if i got a business call at 11 i would be like is the business on fire <laughs> is the office on fire and then if they were like no i would be like see you monday click so Joan is like, this seems like it can wait till tomorrow. I'm going to go work on my case because unlike you, I have an official case. 
which is just hilarious. Like they're looking for a murder victim. And Joan is like, I have a real case. I need to find this guy that slept with my friend a year ago. <laughs> Your Yours might be, you know, more important in the world grand view. A cosmic sense. But I'm getting paid. <laughs> I don't... In friendship. Yeah, I don't think that Jen's paying for this. But speaking of paying for this, Sherlock is like, you know, she'd be a lot better off if she just got a gigolo. You know, you never... One night of abandon can be very useful for this you know chicken soup for the giant <laughs> and he's like you know is she attractive because i'll do it for free if she is and joan is like goodbye i'm going to the bar so she goes to the bar that they had been at and she says she's talked to the bartender and the bartender is like yeah i'm the i'm here the most i've i grew up in here this is my dad's bar so how early do you think this kid started drinking three yeah. Yeah. Just a little sippy. Just had a bottle. Or maybe like Agatha Christie style, you know. They were like, oh, just put a little whiskey on it to feel, take a li- just take a little whiskey to take away your headache. That's how you get them to stop crying. Mm-hmm. Rub a little rum on their lips. <coughs> rum on their gums. Rum on their gums. Just give them the old rum gum. Mm. <laughs> when your kid's being a bum, <laughs> give them the rum gum. Don't be dumb. Give them rum. so joan talks to the bartender and she's like do you remember this guy that my friend was with and a year ago and he's like oh yeah he came in around 7 7 30 he was real talkative (laughs) (laughs) no uh he's like oh i remember him he likes alcoholic beverages and joan is like i'm just hoping maybe he's a regular you know Tony, the photojournalist. No, I I like this interaction because, you know, bartenders, you know, being a little goofy and Joan's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a long shot. Yeah, I wasn't really expecting much. Mm -hmm. She also orders a whiskey neat, um, sips like one sip of it, and then puts $15 on the table, (laughs) on the bar, and then walks away. Ah, like, Sherlock's rubbing off on her. <laughs> I mean, she never goes out otherwise. Mm-hmm. She's got nothing else to spend mm-hmm. money on. But as she's leaving, she sees a sign for Brazilian Day. Come to the bar and we'll wax your jine. <laughs> the other kind of Brazilian. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll wax your asshole. <laughs> No, no, no. Brazilian Day is a parade about for Brazilians. And it says Labor Day weekend 2013. And she's like, oh, this place must be hopping on Brazilian Day. And the guy's like, yeah, we're like the only bar in little Brazil. So the after party is, you know, basically everyone from the parade comes here. And even says on the poster, like, official after party. Now, I looked this up because I was sure. Well, I wasn't sure, but I was suspicious that maybe this was another fake thing. Mm-hmm. But it is real. Brazilian Day in New York is a parade celebrating Brazilian culture, and it's on or around Labor Day. Huh. Yeah. So the sign had said, like, Labor Day 2013. And she was like, oh, we were hanging out last Labor Day. So this is what, that's when she met Tony. So she has an idea. She She's like. It's kind of ironic that the only night that uh, Joan goes out and plays is Labor Day night. Labor Day. Yeah. It's an interesting holiday. I thought when I was younger, I thought it was about um, babies giving birth. Yeah. Yeah. You better give birth today, or you're gonna have to keep that thing in you for another year. 
It only comes once a year. So now it's time to investigate the potential dead man. So the guy, Travis, uh, they go to his construction office and his secretary is there and showing them security tape from um, the day Leo died, you know. And apparently he had come to visit Travis and was having an angry argument. Got a big fight. Mm-hmm. In the, in the lobby is not the word. Parking lot. Parking lot. Parking lobby. Mm-hmm. And the secretary was like, yeah, I wasn't really worried because, you know, people come in, you know, customers come in angry all the time. It's a really shitty business. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> not even a joke. It, it is. It, it, canonically, it's... A bad business. He he doesn't do a good job. Oh yeah yeah yeah. His co- I thought you meant contracting in general. Oh uh, no. No yeah. yeah. He's like Sherlock mentions that he's got like a lot of very low reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's going through the guy's desk, and it's like all porno mags. And the secretary was like, "Hey, I didn't say you could go through his files." And Sherlock's like, "I don't think he's gonna notice a disruption in his filing system of throwing a bunch of porno mags in the drawer loose." It's organized by hottest boobies. <laughs> He's like, how did jugs get all the way at the bottom? <laughs> They're in alphabetical order by boob size. Oh. <laughs> I was like, where's the joke here? <laughs> and his invoices are in chronological order. By cup size? Yeah, by cup, yeah. by cup size. You know, it's a really terrible system considering all of the bras have... Two cups? <laughs> but if anybody has one or three, we know where that's going in the file. So the secretary says, and then after they got in this argument, Travis left and he texted me to say he was headed to New Jersey. So I wasn't worried about him being gone. Mm-hmm. And Sherlock's like, I don't think he's in New Jersey because he's watching the security tape and he's reading Travis's lips. And Travis is saying, I'm pouring the concrete today. So they're thinking... Maybe Travis is going to be foundational to this senior center. (laughs) They just need to find some concrete evidence. (laughs) So, yeah, Sherlock is like, he didn't go to he didn't go to New Jersey. He went down the river Styx and got poured into the concrete of the foundation of the because that's a good place to hide a body in a river or in concrete concrete. The river Styx is metaphorical. Right. But also not a bad place for a body. But they float, though. But they lead to the ocean. Hmm. So you have to pick the right spot in the river. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, we'll discuss this off air. <laughs> we have to plan a lot of things for this weekend. So anyway, they go to the senior site. Nope. <laughs> the site of the senior center. Of the future senior center. And they're say, look- say that 10 times fast. Yeah, they're looking at the future senior site center. Senior center site. I already, I already messed it up <laughs> with saying it once. And, and Sherlock sees... Mr. Hardwick's truck mm-hmm. and starts looking inside. Joan is looking around mm-hmm. and she sees a a wet patch of concrete or mm-hmm. a darker patch of concrete. Says maybe this was recently poured. Yeah. Maybe we should start digging, looking for bodies. Mm-hmm. And Sherlock says, no need. Uh-uh. Because he pour, peeks into Travis's truck and he's like, I know where Travis is. And it's above ground. And it pans over to a little motel that's right across the street or something. So they find him at the, they find his room at the hotel. They don't show it, but surely they talk to the concierge. The concierge. About, you know. Anyway, so they get to his room 
and uh, knock, knock, knock. And he's in there with two sexy ladies. And Sherlock says, Travis, you're alive. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. (laughs) Shade Lock Holmes. (laughs) How unfortunate for you. How unfortunate for the world. (laughs) That Travis Hardwick is still alive. Oof. So uh, it cuts to commercial, it comes back, and he's like, just to be sure, you're not cops, right? Because I really thought you were. The girls definitely thought you were. And Sherlock's like, no, we're just people who are disappointed that you're alive. (laughs) And uh, so... There's plenty of us. There's a society. (laughs) Yeah, your mom is the head of it. Uh, Ouch. Your dad is the treasurer. (laughs) So he says, you know, I found you because there was a concert ticket in your truck that's the day that you were supposedly murdered but you know you were still alive after your encounter with travis and after your encounter with leo and there's no tracks behind your car blah, 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 whatever we and, knew and it rains so we knew you had it hadn't left mm-hmm. and you've been in here underwhelming a string of affordable sex workers ever since <laughs> and he's like i wouldn't say underwhelming joan's like anyway <laughs> your secretary told us blah 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 whatever so the thing is Travis told Leo, the reason Leo was mad was because the senior center project was dead. They had, didn't have enough money and there wasn't, they weren't going to be able to finish it. They had to scrap it. And Leo was like, here's 25 grand. And how's, how about now? And Travis is like, was like, it's still not going to do anything, but I am going to keep this money. What a great guy Travis is. He was like, oh no, he gave me the 25 grand. He told me it was from a loan shark. Yeah, and then and he just left. And I figured twenty five grand's not gonna do anything for the business. I could do something for this guy. For my beepus. <laughs> yeah, he says dogs gotta eat, right? Blah. So Sherlock is like, that's fascinating. And he picks up the wad of cash and he's like, Well, we gotta go. Bye bye. And he walks away. He walks out and Travis is like, hey, that's my money. And they're like, it's Leo Bannon's money. <laughs> Sherlock says, it's Leo's Ban- Leo Bannon's money, but that cocaine is all yours. How considerate. Yeah, Joan gives him a high five in the car. <laughs> so now they're at the police office. No. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I went so long saying it correctly. It's been so many episodes. We got we to reset the sign on our wall. <laughs> Days since last police office. Zero. <laughs> station. They're at the police station. And Joan is like, why are you so sure that the money that Leo got from the loan shark is stolen? And Sherlock's like, look at these bills. These look like regular bills to you? She's like, well, they look they look old. He's like, yeah, they're from the 90s. Mm-hmm. And as everyone knows, $20 bills, the big dubs, as they're called, some people, um... They get recirculated every three to four years. Because they don't, they don't last that long. Too many people wash them in their clothes, mm-hmm. you know, by accident and, you know, give it to their baby to chew on. Baby, stop chewing on these cocaine littered bills. Yeah. Everybody in America's touched all those bills. You don't want to... You don't want to chew on that baby. Don't put that in your mouth. Also, without the comma, don't chew on that baby. Yeah, also not a good idea. Unless you're a lion mom... And then you could pick the baby up by the back of the neck. Do they chew? No, they definitely mm-hmm. don't. But maybe it's like a nice little neck massage if your mom does that. Little, little lion baby nibble. 
He's like, ooh, thanks for the massage, mom. <laughs> so anyway, Sherlock. Now, I, I thought the bills were, the serial numbers were all going to be like chronological. Sequential. Or, yeah, yeah, sequential. Cro- yeah, chronological doesn't mean. It means in, in order. In numerical order. Yeah, it does for years. So It means by date. Which dates are just numbers. Date is just a number, baby. (laughs) That's what that weird guy said when he asked me to um, dinner and a movie. I was like, that sounds like a date. And he was like, date is just a number. Just a number. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought they would be sequential order too. But no, they're old. And he's like, you know, a couple old bills, sure. All of them being old bills and from a loan shark. Zero percent chance. Yeah, that that's not stolen. Yeah, kind of sure. sounds like it was stolen by a bank in the nineties. From a bank in the nineties. Yeah, it's, well, banks don't steal. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> Bell says that he talked to his FBI friend, his friend at the bureau. He says, you know, it's it's the like subtle way of name dropping where you don't like. You're like, oh, I was talking to Christina. It's actually Aguilera. It's actually just a guy that works at a furniture store. He works in the bureau department. <laughs> he works within the bureaus. <laughs> this guy's just like really good with police stuff. <laughs> and he says that those bills have been flagged from a robbery in 2001. So there you go. Ah. Well, these bills will be at least 12 years old. And so Sherlock says, well, apparently it's from a loan shark. And Bell says, well, the guy that we, you know, that they suspected had the money but we only ever found half of it, was this guy. Oh, I don't remember his. I didn't write his first name. His last name, though, is Gertz. Gertz. Maybe his first name is... Go. Sorry. <laughs> or or maybe, you know, maybe Go is the nickname. Uh-huh. And it's a nickname. Um, It's a shortened version of Raspberry Yo. <laughs> Raspberry Yo. Gertz. So they call him Go. They call him Go for short. Actually, why don't they just call him Yo for short? You, it's Go, in, Yo. In his original language, it makes more sense. Gotcha. The nickname makes mm-hmm. more sense. You know, But I mean, why do we call Richard Dick? Because he's a prick. <laughs> well, that's true. If your name is Richard... Fuck you. <laughs> just kidding. You're probably fine. Unless you're not. In which case, you know, search your heart. You'll know which kind of Richard you are. Be better. So anyway... So they're back at the brownstone. Joan comes back from a little errand she was running, and Sherlock says, It's official. I am superior in every way to the New York Marshals. So what other ways had he already measured that he was better? Better looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, better uh, fake Long Island accent. Mm-hmm. Better at dressing himself. Cooler socks. Mm-hmm. More friends with reptiles. More acquaintances with reptiles. <laughs> So Joan is like, I take it you found Gertz, old old Go. <laughs> you found little Go, and yes, Mister Gertz has a sister named Fro. No, Fro no Gertz. Fro Gertz. No, I no was not part of it's part of it's her middle name. Okay, yeah, Fro Fro no Gertz. Fro no Gertz. We sell frozen treats, but not yogurt. <laughs> Fro no Gert. No Gert. <laughs> all, all fro, no girt. <laughs> um, she has a salon that's like in an industrial area with no other beauty salon places around. 
And we've seen the Ozarks. We know. We know. That sounds like money laundering. It's a front. It's a front. Plus, this place has been open for like 20 years. Yeah. Which just business-wise doesn't make sense. Yeah. Factory workers don't like getting their nails done. You can't get acrylic extensions if you're working in a factory. Good point. Yeah. I mean, they'd enjoy a, a nice little mani-pedi if they'd just, you know, do it every now and then. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. Live your best life. But you can't, I mean, you can only get so many pe- mani-pedis. I, I can't get enough. <laughs> I'm going bankrupt. Yeah. It, they just keep charging you extra for your webbed toes. <laughs> Why do we, you- I thought we agreed we wouldn't talk about my webbed toes in the podcast. I'm sorry. Do you want me to cut that part? About your web toes? It's fine. It was bound to come out at some point. Yeah. So now Joan tells Sherlock what she found. Because apparently local news stations love to get B-roll and footage of, you know, parades and celebrations and stuff. And Channel 3 got B-roll of the bar that Jen and Tony met in. So she's like, I'm just going to watch this. And then, you know, then I can join you on the Gertz adventure and... You, you know, the the main difference, I think, between Joan and Sherlock is Joan puts this one cassette into, because it's on a VHS tape, mm-hmm. you know, she, she puts it in um, and watches it. Um, Sherlock would have made seven copies of it. Fast forward it to different parts. Yeah. And just watched it all mm-hmm. on, on his in his media room. Would have taken him 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a machine to do it. Yeah. But see, Sherlock thinks that this is below Joan. He's like, I'm sorry. I have to stop you. This is... Uh, uh, we got a real case here. Murder and, and spies and, and the, mafia. The, the money laundering. And people rushing around. <laughs> Two. <laughs> and Joan is like... Yeah, I'll help you with that. I will, but I, I have my own case, too. And he's like, okay, fine. It was me. <gasps> and Joan is like, what? What? And he says, I ravaged your friend. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I slept with your friend. Ravaged, really. It's just like, oh, my God. Uh, she has a beauty mark, size six feet. She bites her nails and thankfully nothing else. And then he walks out. And Joan is just like, what? What? This? This is the biggest twist since Moriarty. Twist. Oh, man. Yeah. This one's even better. Because <laughs> there's no spoiling this one. Nobody talks about how, about Tony mm-hmm. on the forums. You never such. hear about Tony. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. So this is a great story. So Sherlock is like, look, it was a year ago. It was before we had, like, really knew each other. I wanted to get a sense of who you were. So when you would leave the brownstone and like we would separate for a little while, I would follow you. And most of the time you were doing boring stuff that wasn't interesting at all. But this one time you went to this bar and then you left early and your friend was still there. So I approached as Tony from Long Island, hoping to steer the conversation towards you. But instead, she steered the conversation towards her bedroom. Hey, we somehow never even talked about you once. Yeah, it didn't even come up. But something did. He says all of that, and Joan is like, shut up. Stop it. Yeah. And she's just like, I, I can't believe this. This is ridiculous. Not to mention the breach of trust that you just breezed past. You used to follow me. You used to follow me? It's like, it's, it wasn't a breach of trust. We didn't have what we have now. Yeah. Friendship. 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 Partnership. We're partners. He's like, 
It wasn't a breach of trust because the trust didn't exist yet. There was no trust. How could I breach? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you. I couldn't. You were suddenly in my inner circle. What was I to do? Yeah, I had to know who you were first. And then, and then he says two things. He says, as soon as, you know, I've learned more about you and I knew that you were, your intentions were genuine, I stopped and I have not invaded your privacy since. And I apologize. <gasps> Aww. And he says it in a very, like, I think he's saying it because he has to, but I think he also means it. I think this is, like, one of very few apologies that, like, he actually means. Yeah. Like, this is not when he was like, I'm sorry for solving the case before you and being smarter than you. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you know, if I knew then when I know now, you know, I wouldn't have done this to you. But I had to do that to know this about you. But, you know, things have been done and they can't be undone. Mm -hmm. Like your friend. Your friend was done mm -hmm. by me. By me. Multiple times. Mm -hmm. I find it very interesting, the dichotomy of um, Sherlock's sexiness, because they're always talking about it. He's always talking about how he's, you know, this great lover. He says, like, I learned things from Moriarty. Me. Me. Sherlock. But we never see him doing anything sexy. Um, he, do you think solving crimes and saving lives is not sexy? Well, it's sexy, but it's not sexual. Mm. I mean, I think I would be extremely uncomfortable if they actually did show him doing sexy things. Because, I mean, the scenes where um, he and Moriarty are in bed and like making out, all I was doing while I was watching that was thinking, poor Johnny Lee Miller and Natalie Dormer have to film this makeout scene because <laughs> you have to do it multiple times there's a bunch of people in the room uh -huh. it's not like it's your actual girlfriend or boyfriend it's you know it's your yeah. colleague <laughs> we can just use our imaginations and the shirtless pics of sherlock to, to imagine in our minds what it might be like listen the writers of elementary just heard um you know, the creators of BBC Sherlock say that, you know, he was asexual and they were like, nah, mm -mm. no, he's very sexual. He's sexual. Yeah, he's asexual. Asexual oh, beast. Oh, beast. Ooh. Rawr. <laughs> I'm kind of scared. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like it. <laughs> Put me down as terrified and turned down. What is it? Uh, scared, scared and horny. Scared and horny. Bill Hader. Yeah. The devil. From SNL. No. From the Bible. <laughs> it's Bill Hader. <laughs> Read it again. There's subtext. <laughs> it's lost in the translation to mm -hmm. English, but it's there in the it's original there. Latin. Yeah. Learn Latin. <laughs> so Joan is like, this is ridiculous. And Sherlock's like, listen, we have a real case. Let's argue in the car off screen. Okay. <laughs> So, so they go to Leo. We can't let the kids see. No. And they go, so they go to um, the Lone Shark, the Lone Shark's place. Gertz. I forgot his name. Mm -hmm. They go to Gogurt's little Yo Play house cup. I don't mm -hmm. know. Where does Yogurt live? Uh, yeah, in a cup. Yeah. So the, they, and, and in the attic are the Oreo cookie crumbles. <laughs> so they go, they go to the nail salon and Mr. Gertz is right there. He's chilling, reading a magazine. And Sherlock is like, ugh, alive again. Why can't anybody be dead today? Yeah, never mind the 19 bodies that started the episode. Mm-hmm. Well, because those weren't interesting. Yeah, Plus yeah. all of the other ones that Major Case have. 
Right. That Sherlock's just like, yeah. Not for me. I'm good, thank you. I'd rather be depressed in my house for a week and smell like old mimeographs. My talents can't be wasted. Mm-mm-mm. I don't drudge. So they are like, so Mr. Gertz. It's funny to hear Sherlock say it too, because he's like, Mr. Gertz. 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 He talks like he has yogurt in his mouth <laughs> when he says Gertz. So he's like, Mr. Gertz, um, do you know Leo? Can you tell us what you know about Leo Bannon? You le- you lent him $25,000. And Go is like, I was born yesterday. I don't know anything. I'm a baby. I don't know any. I don't know what you're talking about. And then he starts chewing on a $20 bill. Yeah, it's very irresponsible of him. So he says, I'm baby. I don't know. If you want to ask me any questions, you better come back with a warrant and some real cops. And they're like, of course you'd say that because you want to empty out your autoclave. Which an autoclave, I googled, it is a little, um, you know, little metal box contraption that heats up to several hundred degrees mm-hmm. um, for like sanitizing pur- purposes, like steam cleaning and uh. to kill the bacteria, like on a nail file or nail clipper or something. Sure, makes sense. Mm-hmm. But his is unplugged and got and a lock on it. Has a lock on it. Yeah. Just in case any of the nail clippers try to escape. Yeah, and you ever just lock up your oven? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, all the time. I can't let people get in there. Can't let the turkey escape. Mm-mm. <laughs> so he's like, all right, all right, all right. I'll tell you. I helped Leo Bannon. He was a nice guy, a little preachy, but he took care of my mom when she was in uh, the nursing home that he worked at, you know. And when he came to me, he told me he had troubles, he had money trouble. So I, I lent him $25,000 off the books, but only because he was so nice to my mom. It's so nice of him. Mm-hmm. What a good guy. Yeah. His interest rates are probably still like 15, 25%. 50%? What is loan shark prices? A lot. A yeah, lot. Probably like 25%. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Let's call Citizens Bank and ask them. <laughs> oh, got him. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Hi, is this Sally? Sally May. Sally May, I punch you in the throat. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, okay, well, that's actually not all of the information because you have all these weird bruises on your arm that kind of look like, you know, like fingers on a hand or something. Someone roughed you up. Mm -hmm. What happened there? He's like, I fell down the stairs. I have vertigo. I got vertigo, Gertz. (laughs) (laughs) I fall down all the time. I, I hit my big fat butt on the ground because i fall i look really stupid <laughs> sorry my 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 gert spill everywhere <laughs> i don't know how they get him to be like okay actually i'll tell you what oh he's like they're like we're gonna tell the cops about your autoclave seriously mm-hmm. and he's like okay, 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 okay this guy came by grigory androv he was from the bratva as well and he was looking for leo And he was like, I didn't think it was such a nice thing to set the Russian mob on my client. So I tried to resist. That's where I got my arm mangled. But then when I told him, eventually, you know, he knew more than I did. So this guy, Grigori, knew his home address and where he worked and all this stuff. And and Gogurt is like, yeah, I didn't even, wasn't even helpful. Yeah, my arm messed up for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, fuck principal. (laughs) And so... And then they leave. And they're like, okay, thank you for the information. Goodbye, Mr. Gogurt. Mr. Yogurt. And Sherlock pulls out his phone and goes, boop, 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 boop. Hi, Marcus Bell, please. Joan's like, wait. 
You're just going to call the cops on him right away? You're not even going to give him a head start? Sherlock's like, I'm not thinking about him anymore. I don't care. I want to talk to Marcus. He's in my rear view mirror, and I want to talk to my boyfriend. <laughs> he says, you know, I'm not calling about that. I think we need to look at that crash again. And this time we need real help, a.k.a. the CSU and Marcus Bell specifically. The Arsenal. The Arsenal. Soccer team. The football. <laughs> football. <laughs> so, yeah, they um they got the whole, you know, everybody in there. And, and Captain shows up and he's like, hope you got something. You got the whole, you got half the whole precinct out here. You got a whole half of the precinct. It's half of them, all of, all the whole one, but it's a half. <laughs> you know what I meant. I know. He's like, listen, there's a lot more extras off screen that you can't see. <laughs> so they found some things at this crash scene. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is some cigarette butts in the grass. Ooh, that's great for DNA. Oh, yeah. And also the tobacco in there, Sherlock recognized. <clears throat> oh, of course. Mm-hmm. It was a mix that's frequently found in counterfeit cigarettes in from Moscow. So Moscow. That's where the Russians are from. Or that's where Ru- that's from Russia. Yeah, it's in Russia. Yeah. I've heard. Mm-hmm. And some forty five shells. So there was a shooting here. That's a lot of turtles. <laughs> some forty five or fifty shells. <laughs> No, from a gun. Bullet casings. Bullet casings. So they're like, we're thinking this is why the accident happened now. Is somebody was shooting in the area of Leo while uh-huh. he was driving, while he was riding his motorcycle off, and it made him swerve into the car. What? I mean, it, they were shooting at him. I know that's what you meant, but it just seems like someone was just like firing off a gun somewhere <laughs> near him. In was, celebration. Yeah. And he was like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got too distracted by the party. <laughs> no, yeah. And then somebody says, I got something over here. And when a person in a police show says, I got something, it's always a dead body. It's a body. It's never like, I got something over here. Look, it's, it's half a bologna sandwich. <laughs> they're just announcing it while they're on break. <laughs> it's really good. My wife made it for me. The other half's in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> but the dead body they found is Grigory Andrev. Oh. The guy that was looking for Leo Bannon. Uh-huh. Well, he, he was looking for trouble, sounds like. It sounds like trouble found him. Oh. And there's a he's got a garrote mark. He's got a, you know... A, a scar, uh, not a scar on his neck, a cut on his neck that matches the cut on Leo Leo's Bannon's. hands. Yeah. Which means we found our murder victim, finally. We did it. Like 30 minutes into the episode yeah. or something. We can go home. <laughs> well, now we got to figure out who did it. Oh, it was Leo. Yeah. Yeah. But now we got to figure out who fired those shots. Because if the shots were the cause of the accident. And Greg was already dead. By the time Leo was driving away. Who fired them shots? Hmm. So. Maybe Greg had a freg. <laughs> Maybe Greg's freg had an ulterior mode egg. Ooh. Your thing worked better, I think, with the egg. Anyway, so back at the police station. Almost got me again. Ooh. Sherlock is looking at the evidence in a little, um, weird little room that's like made out of cage. I don't, I don't know what it is. But he's looking at, you know, a little wall of evidence, and uh, he's got his tablet behind him playing a video of bees buzzing. 
So Joan's not the only one with B-roll this episode. I've been waiting so long to make that joke. We've got the winner of today's podcast. Thank you. That was amazing. That was very good. Thank you. So Captain comes in and he's like, why are there bees buzzing? And Sherlock's like, well, you know, multiple studies show that changes in environment and perspective and sound and context can help bring new perspective and light to a case. Captain's like, ah, so bees buzzing is your kind of background noise. Got it. He he actually comes in like everybody's grandpa and he's like, this is kind of loud, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Captain has some new evidence, some new information that will help him. Um, so apparently, Leo Bannon was not like just a former member of the Bratva. He was like an exiled ex-member of the Bratva because he left Poland in 2005 with a hundred thousand Zlatis of the Bratva's money. That sounds like a lot. It is. It's about 30,000 in American money, apparently. (laughs) It's like 20 bucks, but that's a lot to them. Yeah, they were mad. So there was like a a bounty on his head, basically. Three mercenary bounty. (laughs) It's dangerous. You gotta watch out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, for the Odyssey, Assassin's Creed Odyssey fans. Mm-hmm. It's really dangerous when one of them has a, like a lion with them too, because, mm-hmm. yeah, Extra anyway. enemy. So Captain, again, is like, is it possible that Grigori was the one that shot him? And Sherlock goes over the chronology again. He's like, no, there's definitely a third person that shot him. Well, shot at him. Mm-hmm. And now we go to Joan and Bill, who are talking to, as Sherlock calls her, the good widow Bannon. She's r- great at being a widow. Her husband is entirely dead. Mm-hmm. So could, could not could not be better. Mm-hmm. Could not be more without husband. Uh huh. She's a wife whose husband is dead. It's two for two. Anyway, so she's saying, you know, I was really upset. Sherlock was right. It, it is really hard knowing that Leo killed someone right before he died. But now you're telling me that it was in self defense. So I feel a lot better. So thank you. Yay! He'll still get into heaven. Yay. Well, I don't know about because all the other ones that he did. Uh, no, because he uh, found God and so got re-cleansed in the light of the Lord. Oh, okay. So he just, he did one more, but it was justified. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're allowed one. You got one. And now we cut back to Sherlock and he's got a call from Eugene Hawes, Dr. Eugene Hawes, the medical examiner, the deputy me. And he says, turns out Grigory Andrev was on a carefully mixed balance of uh, heart medication and anti-anxiety meds, which you don't just like take, like you buy them at the store, like anti-heartburn. You could have like a special doctor prescribe that to you. Mm-hmm. And so Sherlock's like, so you're saying this guy had a psychiatrist. Ooh. So they figure out who his, his psychiatrist is. They, you know. Off screen, Captain goes to his residence. Very, and- very super cleverly look at the pill bottle mm-hmm. and find the name of the doctor. In big, black, bold lettering, yes. <laughs> so they're at this psychiatrist's office now, Dr. Glassman. And they're getting stonewalled because the receptionist is like, he's still in a call, sorry. Oh, and now he's about to be in an appointment, so maybe can you come back in an hour? And Sherlock's like, oh, we don't have time for this. So he pops up and he says, no. I have to see him now. I can't wait an hour or I'll be dead. And the receptionist's like, what? Does this window open? He's like, I'm feeling very depressed. I'm going to take my own life. 
Is that window open? And the receptionist says, I'm legally required to take you to see the psychiatrist if you make a threat like that. But I bet you already knew that. Hmm. Yes. And of course he did, because he's Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. And he read the law. So they're in with the doctor. Mm -hmm. And he drops the charade. Well, he says, thank you for seeing us, but Joan actually just cured me in the hallway. Great doctor. Even as a former doctor, she still has the, she still got the, the, she got the touch. Is that the right word? I'd let Lucy Lou touch me. Yeah. That would cure my depression. The only thing. And my dog. I, I bet my antidepressants would be a lot more effective if Lucy Lou fed them to me every day. W- what if we just got little pills that look like a bust of Lucy Lou? So I can pretend I'm boring Lucy Lou every morning? Oh, God, I'd, I'd love to bore Lucy Lou. Yeah, that would definitely... <laughs> I think that would give me different problems. <laughs> Lucy Lou, we would never eat you. Unless... It's not important. Anyway, so they talk to the psychiatrist. And he's like, great, so you can leave now if you're not actually going to kill yourself. And Sherlock's like, can you please just answer our questions? And psychiatrist is like... Dr. Patient Confidentiality. Have you heard of it? And Joan's like, yeah, have you heard that your patient is dead? Yeah. Have you heard of habeas corpus? If your client's a corpse, you can talk to us. Yeah, you don't habeas to do that (laughs) when they're corpses. So he's like, listen, I didn't want to treat this guy. He just came into my office one day and said he had problems. He looked dangerous and... He also gave me money, so... (laughs) And I took his insurance, and I had an opening. Yeah, it's weird. It's like, did he bring a gun to every appointment? He just looked the type. He was just like, I am in the mob, and if you don't treat me, I'm going to cry. And also uh, kill you. While crying. While crying. I'll be sad about it. So the the psychiatrist tells them that there was one guy uh, that came up a lot in this guy's discussion of his quote-unquote work right he said greg was very careful about what he said but he did speak about this one person in particular marco zubkov marcus soup 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 the soup guy soup soup man mm-hmm. oh and i forgot we forgot to mention when they're in the waiting room for the psychiatrist while they're waiting you know for the for him to be available sherlock's like you know he might have died. And Joan's like, who? And Sherlock's like, Tony. I'm just saying. I mean, maybe you found him and he died. That could be like an honorable way to let your friend down. It's perfectly plausible. <laughs> it, it ties up all the loose ends. Right. Joan's like, you're ridiculous. I mean, what would you do in that situation? I would definitely tell. I would tell my friend that my ridiculous roommate had lied to us both. Mm-hmm. Poor woman. It's hard to make a love connection. Yeah, well, what did you expect from a one-night stand? All men lie. What if she learned that it was Sherlock and was like, he looks like Tony the photojournalist and he's Sherlock Holmes? (laughs) Don't mind if I do. Don't mind if he do. (laughs) (laughs) Though I guess it's not really, it wouldn't really be up to Jen to enter into a relationship with Sherlock. He would have to also change things about himself to want to do that, so... Um, no, he wouldn't change anything about himself in the relationship would last uh, 10 days at most. <laughs> but he doesn't even want it. He wouldn't even willingly enter into a relationship. Well, that's a great point. <laughs> so now they're visiting Marco Zubkov, the bad guy. 
So they're getting vested up and everybody's like all, you know, like there's a bunch of police cars and stuff there. And Joan is like, is this all really necessary? Aren't we just going to talk to this guy? And Bella's like, you saw this guy's rap sheet, you know, multiple missing persons. And he's what we call a bad guy. Oh, Marcus. He really says that. They're, they're so transparent. I mean, cops in cops shows do this all the time. I don't know if real cops do it, but they're always like, yeah, these are these are some bad guys. This is, we found the guy, the bad guy. You know? the ba- we're the good guys. They're the bad guys. They're the bad guys. Marcus also says, besides, you, you, you pull off the bulletproof vest well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you look great. You look great. She does. It It goes with her outfit quite nice. It does. So they're thinking they might have the guy. So they go to talk to Marco Zubkoff and they're let in right away. And he's, you know, sitting on the couch and he's got his hand under a blanket. And Marcus is like, Marco, can we see your hand, please? And he takes it out and he's holding a remote. A remote detonating a bomb? No, a TV remote. No, oh, okay. Yeah. Like it's got TiVo button on it. Stuff mm, like that. Fancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they ask him, hey, where were you Sunday and why was it killing Leo Bannon? And he's like, oh, Sunday night, I was getting mugged and stabbed and then I was getting operated on. And he pulls the blanket off his legs and he's got surgery band-aids or whatever (laughs) all all on his legs. Uh, Guys, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I have a pretty solid alibi for Sunday night. You can talk to my doctors. The doctors at the hospital? All the people that operated on me, I was mugged. I almost died. <laughs> what if they talked to the surgeons and they like responded the way like bartenders do in procedurals where they're like, uh, yeah, I think I remember him. Came in late Sunday night. He had a leg thing. Yeah, he came in about 6, 6.30. He had one. No two stabs in his thigh. <laughs> he didn't seem to be in too much pain, but the girly brat sure was. <laughs> so they go back to the brownstone and this guy's alibi checks out. I mean, Joan talked to the doctors or whatever and... You know, he definitely, that happened to him. He said he got mugged, but, mm-hmm. you know, he definitely was at least in the hospital when Leo Bannon was killed. So he didn't do that part. Yeah. It, yeah. Unless he somehow uh, withstood the pain and snuck out of the hospital without anyone seeing this giant lumbering, limping man. And Sherlock double checks with Joan that he couldn't have like snuck out. And she's like, not without alerting anyone and not without starting to bleed again. So, yeah, he definitely, he he wasn't going anywhere. And this is where Sherlock, again, is like, you really should give some thought to the dead Tony idea. You know, it might be really helpful for Jan. She, deser- she deserves to not be humiliated. <laughs> and Joan is like, her name is Jen, not Jan. Clearly, you care about her a lot. Yeah. You're the one that humiliated her, you jerk. Yeah. So... Then Sherlock is like, are you sure he couldn't have blah, blah, blah. So he goes over to the file that Joan has brought back of pictures of Grigori's wounds. And she's like, yeah, you don't walk around with a wound like that. And points to the photos of his thigh. And Sherlock's like, oh, wait a minute. Was this tourniquet on his... This is the tourniquet that was on his leg? And Joan's like, yeah, why? Sherlock's like, uh, because the pieces are clicking into place and I just solved the case. (gasps) What? He did his thing. Uh, Yes. Oh, yeah. He's he's like, we got to go to the parlor room. (laughs) I've got some things to reveal. Mm -hmm. So they bring in Mrs. Bannon. The grieving widow. Mm -hmm. And they ask her, there's this big picture of Grigori. Where do they get these printouts? 
There's they, this big... They've got a big printer. Mm-hmm. They have a normal printer for normal size paper, and they have one big printer for these big poster size. And a little printer for Bell's stickers. <laughs> he likes to make stickers. Of himself? No. You know, they say, like, good job, and, like, bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. Soup night, you know, for his calendar. Oh. <laughs> So there's this big picture of Grigory Androff, and there's a sticker on there that says, uh-oh. And Sherlock says, Mrs. Bannon, is this a man? She goes, what? Yes, of course it's man. And then he says, does he have a nose? And she goes, you knows as well as I do, he does. <laughs> Your Polish accent is really good. Thank you. I've been <laughs> working on it. So they're like, so guess what, Mrs. Bannon? Um, we know that you killed your husband. What? What? Mic dropped. Boom. So Joan says, you know how we know? The tourniquet. The tourniquet that was on Marco Zubkov's leg was from your drapes in the living room. The fabric matched. Your drapes matched the curtains. Matched (laughs) the uh, tourniquet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, she's a pretty classy lady, but do you think the, uh... You think the tourniquet matches the drapes? (laughs) (laughs) So they do the parlor room reveal. So they're like, here's how it happened. You let Marco Zubkov into your house so that he could kill your husband while you were away. And then you came home from work. And instead of finding a dead husband, you found an injured Marco Zubkov. So you tore off the drapes and you tied his leg. And you told us that he called you an hour before he was killed to tell you he loved you. But what he actually was calling about... Was the fact that he was being attacked. He, had att- he was attacked by somebody. Mm-hmm. So he was trying to kill him. So he said, we gotta escape from here. And you said, okay, baby, meet me at Far Rockaway. Meet me here. Meet me at this address. Address. I'm not... I'm, Bad Polish accent, sorry. Yeah, mine was much better. Yours was much better. So then you met him there, but you also brought Grigory Andrev, the guy that got garroted. But unfortunately for you, instead of killing your husband, he got killed by your husband. Damn, dude, Leo is a killing fiend. Yeah, he was kind of a prolific hitman. Yeah, he got all eight points on that star on his the tattoo <laughs> is that what the the mm-hmm. russian brought for the eight star tattoo yeah you, means? you get one star for um each time you get like a new ability point so you get like an awkward little diamond uh-huh. and then you have like a kind of it looks like a heart and then like a adidas logo three and then <laughs> that must be weird when you've killed like five people and you have like a five pointed star with a big chunk missing yeah. So now here you are in Far Rockaway. Your husband just killed the guy that you brought to kill him. And he knows that you brought him. So he knows you were in on it. So you picked up Grigory Andrev's gun and you shot at your husband as he was riding away. You did not hit him, but it was enough to cause the swerving and the crash. And that's how he died. And you killed your husband and an innocent lady. Yeah. That was not good. That was mean of you. So, so she's like... You know, Mrs. Bannon is like, I don't know what you're ta- talking about. I've never seen this man before. I'm, uh, I didn't give him a tourniquet. And Sherlock's like, oh, so you're not going to be mad that he was just across the hall and could look over and saw you um, answering 
in the affirmative to some questions posed by the police about him. So that's why the poster was so big. Mm-hmm. So he could peep in the room and see himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're so sneaky. And then see Sherlock going, ah-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. And then he saw her go, yes. So she's like, come on. Why are you trying to get the Russian prop from out of me? Be- because you killed your husband and an innocent lady. We just went over this. Yeah. They're like, look, he knows this now, or he has this idea now. Um, if you don't confess, you know, we won't have a case. We'll just let you both go and we'll work on our case slowly but surely. And whatever surely. happens outside the police office happens. Mm-hmm. You just said police office. I do it on purpose. Oh, okay. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> the other thing that they say to, you know, convince her that they do have a case against her is that while she was waiting to talk to them right now, they've been searching her home. And found bullet holes in the wall with pictures hung up over them and uh, blood stains on the carpet. And Sherlock's like, you missed some blood stains. No, I'm just saying Sherlock has been to this house. And you're telling me that that part of the drapes were used as a tourniquet. There is still some blood on the floor. Pictures were moved into other places on the on the wall. And Sherlock didn't notice any of this. This is all stuff that he should have picked up on earlier yeah this episode should have been seven minutes long he he needs to up his game this guy he's slipping slipping homes (laughs) slipping shirley (laughs) like slipping jimmy like yeah yeah and she's like if if what you're saying is true then these mobsters did all that and cleaned up badly and captain's like oh yeah they hung up pictures on your wall and you didn't notice they hung up new pictures and you didn't notice maybe they were just slightly moved on the wall and she didn't notice Mm mm-mm yeah, all of the all of the bullet holes went right next to picture frames. So they just she moved them over a yeah. little bit. Yeah. No, not she, the mob. Oh, right, right, yeah. right, 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 right. So mm-hmm. they they were just moved like an inch. Mhm. So now we get the explanation of why it better why? be good. I mean, not that it matters, but you know, it's fun when it's good. Yeah, it's, this one's not that interesting. Um so she says, "I knew that Leo was a killer." But I forgave him. That's what we're supposed to do. He, on the other hand... Couldn't do the same. You know, we were all running away from something. I needed money as a as a youngling, as a younger individual, as a younger adult. And I made some uh, movies. She calls them movies. Movies. You know what, what she means. Yeah. It would be kind of funny, though, if she just did regular movies, but they were really shitty. <laughs> And he was just like, oh my god. This is, you're this bad of an actress? You were in... Sharknado 4? Really? As the shark? <laughs> and so he told me, get out of here. He was gonna divorce her. Divorce. I declare divorce. Th- I mean, this guy, what the fuck? We already, I mean, as 2021 progressives and young people... You and I don't judge people who do sex work anyway. Right. But you fucking killed people, dude. Right. And you're going to say the thing you did is inexcusable? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, because what reason could you have for killing people that would justify that, that that you can't use on I did movies when I was younger? Um, well, maybe he only killed uh, sex workers. Maybe he only killed people that worked in the porn industry. Boom operators and the such. That's worse. You just killed people doing their job. 
Uh huh. But but he had a, a moral line. He's like, this is the worst thing that a person can do mm-hmm. is show their butthole. <laughs> I just end people's lives. That's it. Create tragedy for entire families. Yeah. You'll never be opening your butthole again when you're dead. Right. So she's like, I knew that there was a, a bounty on him. So I made the call because I didn't want to be divorced and have nothing. Just a shitty thing all around, I think. Yeah, what a l- great relationship these two have. Religion. Uh, through God, all things are possible. <laughs> Even terrible marriages are possible. <laughs> what? Terrible uh, marriages in the church? Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All or nothing morality? Leading to bad decisions? Anyway, we got her. And we got him. Because Marco Zubkov did try to kill somebody. And now he's going to be arrested for that. Yay! Yay! They could never pin anything on him. Yeah, he was like, I wasn't doing stuff on Sunday. I was doing stuff on Saturday. Yeah, I was, you know, doing regular mob stuff, but uh, no, I wasn't. Allegedly. Yep. So now it's time for us to wrap up the official case of the episode, a.k.a. Jones' case with Jen. The important one. The important one. Tony. Where is Tony? Where in the world is Tony the tiger? Yeah, Jen wants to get her claws into him. Oh. Oh. So Joan goes to meet up with Jen, and she's like, hey. And Jen is immediately like, Sherlock told me everything. And I really thought that she was going to be like, Sherlock told me everything. It's really sad that Tony Tony's died. Tony's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he he apparently told the truth. And she's like, I was really impressed hearing about all this stuff that you did to try and solve this. Like... It was really cool, and and he was really making sure that, like, I knew that you didn't know until yesterday, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was really sweet. He cares about their friendship. Yeah. Oh, Sherlock's so handsome. And she's like, but but I now I know that it was just superficial, and I have closure. And Joan is like, closure? You mean Sherlock's dick? <laughs> That's what he calls it. Yeah. She's and she's like, you slept with him again? Jenna's like, no. It's <laughs> like, okay, yes. Yes, you got me. <laughs> but now he's totally out of my system, which like we can see because she's wearing clothes. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, she was like, he was just so sweet about like making sure that you and me were okay. And I came on to him, Joan. And then I came on him, Joan. Sorry. So Joan comes home to the brownstone and Sherlock is uh, practicing single stick moves. He's bonking the little rubber man, the large rubber man. On the pate. Right on the pate. And he's like, you were right, Joan. Honesty is the best policy. Gets you the most chicks. And Joan is like, you know what? I think it's great that, you know, that you did what you did for Jen so she can finally have a baby. I think it's really nice. (laughs) And he's like, Huh? Hey? What? She's like, oh, she didn't tell you? That she was ovulating? <laughs> and Sherlock just, like, looks at her for a second and, like, narrows his eyes. And she's like, mm. I almost got you. <laughs> didn't I? And he's like, yeah, you almost did. Almost. <laughs> and then as the button on the episode is the last little, like, ding, 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 whatever. He bonks the rubber man on the head. Bonk. Pete. The end. So that's the episode. What did you think? Well, I was about to ask you. What did you think? Oh, yeah, I liked it. It was kind of 
I was kind of thinking like if we were a podcast where we didn't do every episode, this like wouldn't be an episode we would do. You know, like it's just like weird, mysterious circumstance of a person dying. What is the circumstance? Hmm. We found the one person. Now let's find the next person. Now let's find the next person. Yeah, I guess they were just kind of like, uh, let's uh, change it up just a little bit. Change up the formulae. The for- formioli. Formioli. Yes. Formioli. Form formioli. Form a nice orderly line. Form aioli. Garlic aioli. Um, no, yeah, but I liked it. I, I like this Sherlock plot. I think it's really funny. And it, it does give it a little extra flavor to their background and their, their history as Sherlock and Joan. Uh, and Jen is a new character, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she comes back, but she's there. So that's going to do it for us this week. As I said, the only um, Twitter ask we got this week about this episode was Alex Leaf Crunch brought for these nuts. Brought for these nuts. And then she said, sorry, that's all I've got. And um, it's more than enough. Yeah. Actually. Last minute question. Yeah. We um, finished recording the episode and then went back to do this part because we got to answer these questions at the right time. Because we love you. And we need to answer all of your questions for us. Mm-hmm. So this question is from Joe Bulldozer at The Tallest Jew on Twitter, who says, hope this isn't too late, but in our hearts, it's never too late. But my association with Eastern European mafia groups is a Tumblr post about a restaurant that made really good pierogies and was almost certainly a front for the mafia. I remember that <laughs> Tumblr post. That was a good Tumblr post. What businesses in your neck of the woods are most likely to be a mafia front? Thank you for the question, by the way. Okay. I used to live a block or two away from a pizza place that had like 10 security cameras. Oh. And it was, they had a big monitor that showed what all of the cameras were seeing. And some of them were, like most of them were of the front. Mm -hmm. And some of them were of the kitchen, I think. And I'm just like, every time I went in, I was just like, why do you have so many cameras? Just in case. Yeah. I mean, they were like on a corner, so maybe, no, I don't know. I always justified it as like, well, they're right there on the corner, so it must be really vulnerable to being mugged or, mm-hmm. you know, Thieves coming from two, two ends. Right. I don't know. They made good pizza, though. Well, then let them be. Yeah. What do I care about the back? The front is good. Mm-hmm. How about you? So when I was back in high school, there was a car wash that uh, changed ownership and my high school chemistry teacher mm-hmm. took over the car wash, mm-hmm. which I always thought was weird because he does chemistry. What does he know about washing cars? Uh-huh. Um, but I think he was selling meth. Did you think his wife was really the villain of the show? Well, I mean, she's not great. <laughs> <laughs> you can have multiple not great people in a show. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. She wasn't the real villain. Walter White was. That's the whole point of him. Well, I'd say Gus Spring was the real villain, the Mexican cartel. Walter White was just a villain. He only killed like half a dozen people. Uh, Drugs kill millions. Uh, okay. The real villain is that Puma that ate the rest of the cast at the end of the finale after the credits. Mm. You okay. didn't? Did you not stick around for after the credits? The damn Puma. No, I must have missed it. Yeah, after the credits roll... Um, they show a shot of all of the characters whose whose plot lines didn't get neatly wrapped up in the finale. Mm-hmm. And uh, it shows a puma jumping in and eating all of them. Wow. 
But Ooh, not no. one by one. Not Aaron Paul because he got to do his old he hit El the, Camino. He hit the Puma with his car. Wow, hero! <laughs> Here's a question for you now, inspired by Joe's question. Yes. If you had to run a front, what would you pick as the thing? Ooh, a bookstore, and you could hide the um, the drugs in in the books. Well, you don't. But you don't want people happening upon the drugs. They'd be, um, like, really boring books about, like, min- molecular atoms. But, like, old, outdated ones. hmm Yeah. Molecular atoms? Yeah, as opposed to the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, from, like, the 70s. Because not, like, super old, because that's interesting, but, like, not new, because it's right. Right, yeah. Just the, just, like, the third edition of a book that's on its 12th edition. Yeah. Yeah. I would choose a lamp store because lamps are cool to look at it would be fun to get the you know the shipments of the new lamps in and everything but how many how often are you like oh i need a new lamp let me go to the lamp store Mm. you know plus when you have your you know uh, gang members uh counting the money you you can you can be like hmm it's a little light this month (laughs) oh that reminds me um you have two Russian jokes left. <gasps> oh, wow. See, I wanted to spread them out, so I didn't want to rush into them. Mm-hmm. You got one more. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it was my mistake for putting it on the back burner. <laughs> and there you have it. If you would like to tweet some nonsense at us, um, you can, at ElementalPCast on Twitter. We also have a Tumblr, ElementalPCast, where you can send in an ask at elementalpcast.tumblr.com slash ask, and we'll read that on the podcast. We got a Discord. Mm-hmm. That's our pinned tweet, and it's also in the uh, episode descriptions. Discord and Datcord. No, just Discord. Oh, okay. But you can have some fun conversations. Use our weird emojis. Use our little thank you, Marcus, and our moon, Joan. It's a good time. Um... We're hosted by Noisepace.xyz, a home of a lot of podcasts that are good, and some that are great. Uh, So we'd like to thank Matt Gamecube for that, for hosting us. And also we'd like to thank Noah Geist at Owl Dude on Twitter for our theme song. Noah Gertz? (laughs) I know a Gertz or two. (laughs) I'm Val Flight Cub. You can find me on Twitter at Flight Cub B. The second B stands for Blueberry Yogurt. Yummy. And I'm Alec. You can find me with my hand in the cookie jar. Oh, bad boy. Nutty, nutty. Thank you so much for listening to you, the listener. This marble will keep on rolling. Goodbye. Go Gertz. (laughs) She's watching the detectives. 